Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. So here at CFAX 1070 in the month of February, it's Real Estate Week. Tune in here on Saturdays to listen all about real estate, everyone's favorite topic. My name's Tony Joe. I've been a real estate here in Victoria f- since 1991. 25 years have helped a number in the hundreds of people buying or selling real estate. And although you think you have this mastered, it's amazing how many things come up on a regular basis. We're here to listen to your questions or concerns. Um, Anything surrounding real estate, here is the place that you can ask the questions. So during the month of February, please go online to cfax1070.com and submit a question. We'll be happy to uh, address it at our next show. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about properties and property values because, of course, not long ago, your property assessments came out. Uh, Everyone's assessments went up anywhere in the range of 20 to what we've heard, 46%, which is a pretty scary number. What does that mean? Everyone's always got that question. What does your property assessment mean? Today, we'll be talking about that. I have three guests in the studio. Uh, We have an appraiser who will talk about property values, and that is Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group. Uh, We have a mortgage broker, Denise Webster, from Dominion Lending Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, And finally, we have someone who is an expert at appealing your property assessment. He's Peter Morris with Greenstead Consulting. Uh, I'd like to start first with our guest, Amanda Mills. Amanda, welcome. Thank you, Tony. So, Amanda, uh, you have been a property evaluator, an appraiser for some time. I've known you for years, actually. I think we did a transaction about 25 years ago. We did. Yes. Um, So, a big question comes up about value because it happens to us all the time and when we have people say well my neighbor got x amount of dollars i think my house is better i should get x plus fifty thousand so tell us about what an appraiser does and how you determine value value that's a very good question i've actually brought the technical definition of value that governs us and governs real estate in general Value is the most probable price which a property should bring in a competitive and open market as of the specified date under all conditions requisite to a fair sale, the buyer and seller each acting prudently and knowledgeably and assuming the price is not affected by undue stimulus. Now that means that you've got a knowledgeable buyer, a knowledgeable seller, and they're going to come to an agreement of price. The interesting question of that is without undue stimulus. (laughs) <laughs> like the market we're seeing right now. Like the market we knew at the end part of 2016, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, so what you're talking about is multiple offers, bidding wars, when there was more than one party that wanted a property, and we saw things sell ten, hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 over list price, right? Precisely. So we appraisers have been saying, what is market value? Mm-hmm. Um, well, in- let, me ask you, let me ask you this. So in the case of, of, a, of a bidding war, when something sells for, say, $400,000 over list price, and I'm sure for you as an appraiser, it's sometimes hard to justify that price. Is that now market value? Personally, I tend to think it is, especially if you've had multiple offers and you, in fact, have backup offers. Um, I always call the, the realtors to ask what the conditions of the offer were because I can usually tell if there were multiple offers because you can see that the offer price, the ultimate selling price, is well above the list price. Mm-hmm. So I try to determine what were the motivations involved in this. And actually, you are, you are always very good at that because I'll get those phone calls from you. 
So as the listing agent, um, basically you're sleuthing, you're finding out exactly what brought the price up to that point. So how many offers there were, sort of what the um, what the range of the prices were as well. Because if, if a house sold for $400,000 over list price, what if all the other offers were only $10,000 over list and that one was so far over, right? I mean, that surely affects the uh, the valuation, right? It does. And there were, were instances of that last year. And in the end, it happened to be um, that an out-of-town buyer desperately wanted that property and were willing to go well over the odds. So the final summary is, is that in the end, if you have someone willing to pay that amount of money over the list price, mm-hmm. you surely have a market value establishment. Yeah. It may be difficult to back it out to find comparable sales, but certainly in the very fast market that we had last year, um, there were numerous opportunities to find competitive bids in other properties that you could say, this property is now worth this price. Okay, so actually let's just go back a step here. You you had mentioned um, uh, comparative value, so could you maybe explain a little bit exactly how, in any marketplace, whether it's a hot one, uh, like we saw at the end of the year, or, or even a slow one, how do you as an appraiser uh, define value? That's very good. And people are often wondering, saying that that property is not like my property. How can you use that as a comparable sale? Well, we must find at least three comparable sales within a reasonable period of time that have sold that would be reasonable substitutes for X property. So, for instance, if, if my buyer couldn't buy this property the other one or the other two would be reasonable substitutes? Could be seen to be reasonable substitutes. And in fact, probably the buyer has already seen those other properties too. In the same time period. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're looking for a contained market exposure. You're looking for other properties that have sold within a good period of time close to the sale of the property that you're appraising. Mm -hmm. So that you're reflecting economic conditions, current market trends and stimulus, and trying to capture a picture of the market at that particular given point in time. So an appraisal is effective only on the date that you are appraising it. Ah, this is a really good point because we'll bump into people that say, well, I had an appraisal done six months ago, so surely this is the value. Yes, the value at that point in time was the value. And for mortgage lending purposes, quite often we would appraise it, say, in construction, and we're doing an as-completed value say it was going to be completed X time, but we're appraising it in April, and it's not going to be completing until December. Well, very often, we will then go back and do an updated appraisal to reflect what the value now is in December when it's completed. Well, because back in April, it would have been impossible to determine what the market would be like in December. We're not fortune tellers. You're not? No. Okay. (laughs) We'd like to roll the dice and look in the crystal ball, but no, we're looking at the captive point at this particular period in time. So now, you look at your three comparables, and then you do adjustments. Yes, we do. And we're adjusting, trying to bring the comparable sales to make them look like the subject property. So we go through, we look at the lot size, we look at the floor area, we look at the condition of the property, the age of it, the amount of updating that's been done, the parking amenities, the number of bathrooms, extra things on the property that uh, a lender will allow. Say we've got a swimming pool versus a non-swimming pool, or we've got a fantastic... Well, well, actually, let's talk about that. So swimming pool, I think we've had this conversation before. We have, many Uh, years. Plus or minus, so is that a a, a bonus or a negative? 
25 years ago, I would have said it's a negative, but now I'm looking at it. Many swimming pools are built as spas and with exercise in mind and lifestyle in mind. So I'm of the conclusion now that some swimming pools are a benefit. However, I recognize that perhaps 50% of the market will not consider that property because of the pool. Yeah. So well, it really well, depends you, on the type. Yeah, mind you, on the, on the other hand, too, nowadays we see pools be just part of a phenomenal um, uh, outdoor experience where people build the patios and the outdoor kitchens and everything. So that's part of the bigger picture, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's where it's seen to be now a benefit, I think. But at some point, some swimming pools will just be a wash. Got it. Got it. Because someone will not look at the property or consider it because of the pool. Yeah. So here in Greater Victoria, in your years of experience as an appraiser, would you say that properties are relatively easy to assess? I mean, I, I know in other marketplaces where there's you know varying types of homes and everything, it, it could be complicated. But w- what's what's your thought here? I think over the last ten years or more, perhaps. Um, lenders have had assessment tools that they don't require appraisals for. Mm-hmm. But the, the instances where they do require an appraisal is where the financing of the individual buyer is perhaps a little sketchy or a little problematic. They're self-employed perhaps, but I'll let Denise address those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, or that the, um, the property is a challenge. And that's really a lot of the the assessments or a lot of the appraisal challenges that we have now is that they're not straightforward properties. We don't have many cookie-cutter developments in Victoria. Got it. Okay, so that was my question, and and good to know. But uh, thank you, Amanda. So we're going to be coming back here in a little bit. We're going to have a group discussion with the other two guests. So I'm speaking right now with Amanda Mills with Mills uh, Mills Appraisal Limited. Um, Amanda's been a uh, uh, assessor, appraiser, sorry, here for many years. So, how can people reach you if they need to talk to you? They can call my office at two five zero seven two seven zero two two two, or they can email me directly at amandamills at shaw.ca. Great, thanks, Amanda. So today we're talking about property values here on CFAX ten seventy, and it is Real Estate Week. I'm Tony Joe, and we'll be here right after the break. You're listening to All Things Real Estate here on CFAX 1070. I'm Tony Joe, and we're here to talk about property values here. If you have any questions about real estate, please send us a message. Let us know at cfax1070.com, and we'll answer your question on air. Everyone's got questions about real estate. Now, today, we're talking about property values. Not that long ago, our property assessments came out. There's always that big question about what is a property assessment? What are the values? Uh, we spoke a little earlier to an a, a appraiser um, who explained values, but right now we have in our studio Denise Webster. Denise is with Demanding uh, Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group. Thanks for coming, Denise. Thank you for having me, Tony. So let's talk about the importance of property value as it relates to getting a mortgage, because you're a mortgage broker. You help people uh, secure either a new mortgage or to refinance. Um, uh, and of course, banks or lenders are always asking for appraisals. Absolutely. Purchase, yeah. refinance, they want to know the value of that home. Okay. So let's start with uh, just a regular transaction. So normally, someone wants to buy a property, they go to you. Yep. Right? And uh, you start the process. What is the purpose of an appraisal? 
Why does a lender need to see that? Well, as Amanda touched on, it really is making sure that the buyer and the purchaser are in a uh, fair market, coming to agreement of a fair market value. And from a lender's point of view, uh, they do want to know that it was an arm's length transaction and they want to know uh, that the lending portion on it will not be uh, higher than an actual market value. So uh, this this market in 2016 proved to be quite challenging because we saw those high values and the lenders really needed to know that they were only lending on a true market value. Yeah, because again, talking about the, the market right now, what you're saying is when people were in a heated market uh, situation, they ended up having to pay a lot more for the prop, a lot more than list price. Correct. Right. So, for instance, uh, I mean, I had one a little while ago. It was uh, six ninety nine sold for eight fifty. So, I guess the big question for the lender is, why is it another hundred and fifty thousand dollars more? Exactly. And Amanda did uh, explain that very well. Um, just to know that there were enough offers coming in at that. It wasn't just one random offer. So they are going to do their due diligence and be able to provide comparables or at least state that there were those backup offers supporting that uh, new purchase price that came in over the listing price. Yeah, and I, I, guess, I guess one of the things there too is, is it's a little tricky for you as a mortgage expert uh, because sometimes it's the habit of the listing agent to, to purposely actually underprice a property Very in order so. to, to generate that interest, right? Yes, yes. And it's nice if we kind of get that uh, heads up a little bit. Um, some, I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to have that communication with the realtors and understanding that, you know, it is going to push some um, uh, attention to this property because of the list price. And our lenders are aware of this as well. It, it just it, it just did seem to become a little bit of the norm last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I did see some, Amanda, again mentioned, we saw some values automatically approved, uh, and they do have those tools, uh, our insurers do and our lenders do. But when it was conditioned for an appraisal, it really was, they wanted to get a little bit closer look and look at those comparables. Well, Ashley, so let's just step back for a sec here. You, the, let's talk about this automatic approval process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell us about that. So our insurers, CMHC, uh, Canada Guarantee, and Genworth, they would all have um, online systems uh, and a lot of history of recent, or sorry, past sales, and they have a lot of information on those homes. Uh, also something similar like a condo. Uh, they may have already done the insurance on a unit in that building, so they've got enough history on that. But they do have enough that they can uh, plug in enough sorry, information, and get an automatic approval of the market value. Yeah. Our but lenders we, as well. And of course, this is this is really important in a super hot market where you either have very tight condition period of only a few days, or maybe people are writing unconditional, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were not, there's no, um, no except, exception to an appraisal when somebody's buying a revenue property or if they're buying a... Um, multi-unit property, those are always going to be conditioned. If you're refinancing your property, those will always be conditioned for appraisals. I'm very, very clear with my clients on that and try to give them the heads up. And especially in this competitive market, when we knew they wanted to go in and unconditional, I would always advise, well, it is unconditional, but we're going to get an appraiser in there. So uh, to let the real estate agents know that as well, yes, it's an unconditional offer, but we are going to need access again. Yeah. So, I mean, we've done this with you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we have clients and we say, Denise, they really want to buy this house. Can they can they go unconditional? So that's that's a big part of your job is to make sure. Yeah. And I think where I'm very clear with my clients is um, that I have 
absolutely done my due diligence to know that I will get an approval for you based on your application. But at the end of the day, the lender has to like that property. Yeah. So I can tell you all day that I could do an unconditional offer for you, but it's definitely going to be conditional of that property. Yeah. So because that's it, uh, where we need room for that appraisal. Got it. Because really that's what it is. Since the bank is laying out all the capital, yes. they want to make sure that that what what they are they are, securing it against? Yeah, 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 and and that's that's why it's so important. Uh, we're talking to Denise Webster at Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group here. Um, so let's talk about nor- normal markets. So right now we're in a sort of su- superheated market, very busy. Um, there is a program called Purchase Plus Improvements, and mm-hmm. that also. Uh, has an appraisal attached to that, right? So tell us about that. So you will always uh, be conditioned for the appraisal of an as-is value at the time of the purchase. And they not necess- depending on the scope of the improvements that the buyer wants to do, they may not be um, conditioned to have to have the appraiser to go back because they've got a detailed description of the improvements they're going to do the property. So in that same original appraisal report, we'll have an as-is value which is going to be at that market level, and then a completed value based on the conditions that they are adding, or the sorry, the improvements that they are adding to the home. And the appraiser can actually do that with, you know, the comparables of saying, well, this house will now have an updated kitchen compared to this sale that also had an updated kitchen. Yeah, so, so this program is great for somebody who can't find their dream home. But exactly. they found something that is close, but it's missing that new kitchen or missing some other amenity, and they're able to buy it for a, a you know for the right dollar because it's missing that. Yes, you know maybe a little less in their price range, but they're able to um, actually finance the improvements, like to to do that new kitchen. Yeah, it's one of my favorite products, and it really makes sense for those clients that have they've managed to get their five, say they've saved their five or their 10% down, but they really don't have a lot of room in their budget for those few, those uh, improvements. And, you know, it's an opportunity to do it at the time of the purchase where you don't have room to refinance that home in two or three years because you don't have enough equity into it. So it's at the time of purchase that you're actually able to, to add these improvements to your home with your mortgage. Um, I'll try to briefly explain because um, you do clearly need to understand that a lender's not going to give you this money up front. So at the time... It's not easy money. No, but it's pretty darn straightforward. So at the time of the offer, uh, the lender is going to uh, condition for a list of those improvements. And they have to know that those improvements are actually truly a marketable improvement. So you're not going to go and put appliances in because appliances can be removed. So they want to know that it's uh, fixed to the house and it is a true marketable improvement. So an upgraded kitchen, bathroom, new flooring, paint, something that makes your house compared to the neighbor's house a little bit more improved. So we provide those, um, that list to the lender. We get a, a, um, an, an approval and now come funding date, uh, those funds get advanced and they are held in trust at the lawyers. So let's say you... So they control the money. They do. Yes. They they can't just put it up front and say, okay, go ahead, make those improvements. So let's just use a $20,000 uh, improvement example. The $20,000 held in trust at the lawyer. Now you're given three months with some lenders, some four months. Some don't have a restriction on the time. But until you can prove, and uh, that would be with sending the appraiser back to the home, that you have done what you said you were going to do. It does check off those lists of your improvements. Um, then those funds are released back to you in full. So the key to uh, what I explain to my clients is 
do you have the bank of mom and dad or do you have a line of credit something that you can get these improvements done quickly and as soon as they're done those funds are released to you so um quite often i actually have contractors that will go in do the job present an invoice now i send the appraiser in we get the funds and the contractor is paid Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That, that is, you know, this is an amazing uh, program that we find we're always having to explain to people because people often don't know. It's I definitely it. another option for people to move towards their dream home. We're here talking about property values. I'm with Denise Webster at Dominion, Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group. Um, so much to know about uh, values. And, you know, we're only, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It is. There's so much more to talk about uh, when it comes to values. Um, but I'm here talking real estate. So, again, if you, the listener, have any questions regarding real estate, please uh, let us know here at cfax1070.com. Ask us your question and we will address it here on the air. Now it's time for a break. We'll be back shortly. So we're here talking about all things real estate. I'm Tony Joe. What's your question about real estate? What's happening in your neck of the woods? What's going on in the market? Or what are your concerns? Uh, Let us know. Send an email in or go online to cfax1070.com. Uh, Let us know what your thoughts are, what your questions are, and we will address them on our next show. Today, we're talking about property values, Uh, evaluating properties, uh, figuring out what actual value is. Uh, We have had on air so far an appraiser and a mortgage broker, both from the community here. And right now, I'd like to introduce you to uh, Peter Morris. Peter is with Greenstead Consulting. Peter's got a commercial, a background in commercial real estate, and one of the reasons why he's here is he's going to share with us his thoughts because he wrote a book called How to Successfully Appeal Your Residential Property Assessment. Uh, welcome, Peter. It's great to be here. Yeah, so of course, again, everyone's received their property assessments. Um, it happens, I get phone calls the first week of every month. Just as a realtor, I've served people for 25 years, and I'll get people say, oh my goodness, my assessment just went up um, 20, 30%. Does that mean my property values are going to go up? My property taxes are going to go up? Am I going to pay more to the municipality? Um, you wrote this book that helps people. Um, t- tell us about it. Well, what we found out was that a lot of people don't understand the whole assessment process. Mm -hmm. So my co-author and myself wrote the book in order to lay out that process and then also give people tools that they can use should they decide that they want to appeal their property assessment. And you're quite right. You know, people get those questions. My assessment went up 30% or my tax is going to go up 30%. It doesn't necessarily fall in line that way. So let's address that. So how... What, what is the assessment? So we've talked to Amanda, the appraiser, who talks about appraising values, actually going to the property, having a look at it, determining what it's like compared to three other you know, reasonable uh, uh, comparisons. What does the assessment authority do? So what's an assessment? Well, the assessment is um, a market value on the property as at July 1 of the year. So if you're looking at your assessment notice in January, that market has moved over those six months. So you can't say, well, my property is worth that amount of money in January. It could be worth a lot more or in a market that's going down, it could be worth a lot less. So it is a pegged value. And the reason that that's done is property taxes are done 
with three different components. The first component being the municipal expenses. So the municipality draws up all of their expenses, their budget, and that's what they have. Now they have to figure out a way, how do I allocate those expenses amongst all the property owners? That's where BC Assessment comes in. So BC Assessment looks at the total assessed value for a municipality, and then the municipality will slice and dice that into the nine different assessment categories okay. and apply the uh, costs against those nine categories. So if your assessment went up 30%, but everybody else in your classification also went up 30%, and the taxes, uh, the cost of taxes also went up 30%, then you're not going to see an increase in your taxes. Where you will see an increase in taxes is if your individual property assessment increased greater than the average of all the other assessed properties within that classification. Ah, interesting. Okay, so a couple of things I just took away from, from what you said. First of all, uh, the assessment is July as opposed to January. Now, Amanda was just talking uh, here uh, on our earlier segment about the fact that an appraiser cannot appraise for future value. You can't appraise in January for... Oh, sorry, in July for January because you don't know what's going to happen in January, right? That's so correct. And that's why when I'm talking to people, I talk about the difference between an assessment and an appraisal. Yeah. The appraisal is at a specific date, as Amanda pointed out, and that will be around the time that you're going to have an event that requires an appraisal, such as uh, refinancing or even just uh, selling your property. You'll you'll get a, a realtor's uh, opinion of value as well. That's not an appraisal. That's just what the uh, realtor would say. This is probably what we're going to be looking at in the marketplace. And the assessment, as you pointed out, is on a very fixed date, and it's always in the past. Okay. So this is a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> and and people always ask this question. They go, this is my assessed value. It's 731. Is that what I could sell my house for today? Well, no. The answer to that is depending you upon... You want to think about that for a minute? Or? No. <laughs> okay. it, it, it depends when that person is selling their property. Good if they're selling their property on July 1, yeah. and assuming that that assessed value was correct in the first place, and uh, bear in mind that it's up to the individual homeowner to vet and verify the assessed value, because the BC Assessment Authority doesn't have the manpower to go out and take a look at every single yeah, house. Yeah, they, they even explain on their website that it's a bulk evaluating process, right? Yes, it's, it's, it's done by computer program. Yeah, so it's unlike Amanda, who's an appraiser, who actually goes up and physically has a look at properties and and um, has a sense of comparables. This is very different. Very different. I mean, this is just, this is an idea of what we think, the assessment authority is saying this, what the assessment authority thinks is a range of value, if you will, for that property. It isn't a specific value for that specific property because they haven't looked at it. Mm-hmm. So they, they seldom do. Actually, they, they I often ask people, when's the last time you had an assessor in? And they're like, I never have. Well, that's because there's over 2 million properties that are assessed every year. Mm-hmm. So they cannot possibly get to all of the properties. Makes sense. We're here talking to Peter Morris from Greenstead Consulting. Uh, he is the author of How to Successfully Appeal Your Residential Property Assessment. Uh, let's talk about the process. So, and, and the big question, is it worth it? It is worth it. If you find that your property is not comparable to other properties in the area as far as the values that BC Assessment has given them, then it's definitely worth it because you'll find that if you're successful on your appeal, you'll not only save on property taxes in that year, but that will be on a go-forward basis as well for as long as you hold the property. So it's very important for you to take a look, make sure that you're not being assessed incorrectly, and you will save money on your taxes. 
process? I think people are often they're they're concerned, like they're they're concerned about the process. They think that it's it's difficult to do, and um, I don't know, they don't have time for it, and they're weighing the the value whether it makes sense to attempt it or not. Well, it does take some time. You do have to do your research, and fortunately, in British Columbia, we have e-value, so you can go online, and it cuts down on a lot of time, and you can look at your individual properties. Plus, also, you can call the BC Assessment Authority and say, I want comparables that you judge my property against. And they have to give you comparables. So that will help you in your investigation as well. Then it's a matter of uh, gathering that information, putting it all together, and then presenting it to the appeal board. So you do have time in order to do that. The one thing you don't have time on is the amount of time between the time you receive your notice and the time you have to submit your appeal. So I encourage people to always submit uh, their appeal uh, even on a protective basis. You can always <laughs> drop it at some point in time if okay. you want. Got it. So we talked earlier about um, we talked earlier about uh, a story that you have about uh, oh, assessment. Yes. Yeah. we got well, a couple quick minutes for that. Okay, well, this actually happened to a relative of mine, my aunt and my uncle. Uh, they bought a house in Saanich, and at the time that they bought the house, it had wonderful ocean views. But over time, the trees grew. So those wonderful ocean views, uninterrupted, became ocean glimpses. Mm -hmm. A little while later, it was no ocean view at all. But here's what happened. When the property was originally assessed, it was assessed based upon that property having ocean views. That property is going to be worth a lot more than a house that doesn't have ocean views. And that assessed value continued on because the assessor couldn't come out and take a look at their property. So if they had not adjusted their assessed value um, they would continue to pay too much for their property taxes. How important. And, of course, things change over time. That, they uh, certainly do. Yeah. So um, with the appeal process, uh, where does someone start? Uh, gather up your information, take a look at what's happening in your neighborhood, and see if your property is comparable to other properties. Yeah. Then start to put that information together. If you don't think that it is uh, the same, uh, make sure that you have your appeal uh, notification in and then start to line up all of your ducks. And, of course, uh, you know, a good uh, way to look at all of that is to acquire our book. Okay. And where can they find your book? Let's let's Attainmentpress.com. It's an e-book. It's available for immediate download. All right. And if people need to reach you, how can they reach you? Your website? They can uh, reach me via Attainment Press, so info at attainmentpress.com. Yeah. Or they can email me at pdmorris, M-O-R-R-I-S, at mail, that's M-A-I-L, dot com. That's great. So we're here talking about real estate and property values. We've had conversations with an appraiser a mortgage broker, and also a specialist in how to successfully appeal your residential property assessment. So if you have any questions about real estate, any burning questions, you know, real estate seems to be the number one topic on everyone's minds nowadays. There's so much going on out there. There's been conversations about foreign investment taxes. I mean, talks talks about vacancy taxes. Uh, There's a little bit of everything. And, you know, for me, I've been practicing real estate for 25 years. It's never a boring day at the real estate office. So if you've got a question, go online to cfax1070.com, and we will address them on our next show. Off to a break. We'll be back shortly. We're here talking all things real estate, and today we're talking about property values, uh, how to evaluate your property, what your value is, what is the difference between an appraisal and an assessment, uh, amongst a whole bunch of other things. And in the studio here today, we have with us Denise Webster, who's a mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group. 
We have Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group, and also Peter Morris, the author of How to Successfully Appeal Your Residential Property Assessment. So we've had uh, conversations with uh, each of you individually. Um, you know, again, the big question comes up with people, and, and I want to tell you a little story because it happens with us realtors often where people will say, you know, um, I want more than what my neighbor sold for. And, and by the way, this happens in any marketplace, not just in a upward moving market, but also in a slow or sometimes down, downwards uh, moving market too. And they'll often use the defense, well, but my assessment is X amount of dollars. And in fact, in, uh, in the old days, not that long ago, it's funny, you guys will remember, you see ads that say priced below assessed value or even sometimes priced below appraised value. What, what does that mean? You know, um, what does it really mean? Your thoughts, Amanda? As a marketing tool? Yes. I think, well, I think it's a come on. It's saying that here's a bargain. Come yeah. and, and have a look and make an offer on this. Whether it's uh, true or not, it's another matter. Well, it's always but funny because the, typically the ones that advertise in that way are the houses that are long of the tooth and they've been on the market for 60 days or 90 days and, and difficult, difficult to sell, right? Um, does that make a difference from a lender's standpoint, Denise? Well, I think if I was uh, hearing that, I would be concerned of how the lender would view it. Is it actually a marketable, pro- marketable property? Because their risk assessment would be, of course, the worst case scenario. If this borrower defaults on this pro- on their mortgage, how quickly can we sell this property? Oh, right. Good point. So I, I think a lender would be very leery to hear any of that wording of below assessed or appraised value. Yeah. And of course, you know, the, the other part too is if, if it was that great a deal, why is it not sold? Right. And especially in a, in a fast moving market, as we've seen in the past 12 months, I mean, things sell well before realtors have to use that kind of marketing tactic, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had a property last year whereby it, it sold and I brought it up on MLS and then it appeared to not sell and was back on the market again a few weeks later. So I was trying to understand what happened to it. Was, um, was the price wrong in the first place or did the, did the f- first buyer turn around quickly and want to market it again yeah. or did the deal collapse? And what was it? In fact, the deal had collapsed. Oh, okay. So I phoned the realtor and found out why was it transacted, recorded as a transaction on MLS, but now it's listed again. And they said, well, the the financing fell through. Was it listed at a higher price, just out of curiosity? Yes. Okay. So trying to capitalize on a on a uh, upwards moving market, right? Yes. Yeah. Peter, I, I have a story for you, and, and I'll never forget this. A number of years ago, I had a property on the market in about December. And uh, it didn't sell because it was just a normal market. And come January, of course, the assessments come out. And my seller calls me up and says, Tony, Tony, we have to raise the price of our listing because my assessment just went up $20,000. Yeah, that's a great story. But again, as Amanda pointed out earlier, um, the appraised value is not the assessed value. And, and you know, when people say, well, it's, it's being marketed below the assessed value, that really is just a marketing come on. It isn't a statement of reality or fact. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I guess I guess the question that that I have too is, does that uh, would how do people think that that would appeal to a buyer that that makes it attractive, right? Because uh, as Amanda said at the very beginning, the the definition of value is really what a buyer will pay for the property, right? And what a seller is willing to to 
agree to let it go for to in other words to transact for and that, that's yes. another that's another yes. part of it if you see something that's being marketed as below assessed value i'd be a little leery of it and try and find out a little more about it what's is there anything wrong with the property has a building inspection been done on the property that's revealed something that the buyer in who was the first buyer perhaps backed out of because of that and now it's back on the market mm -hmm. maybe it's a tainted property as a result of this building inspection yeah and actually it's important to know it's not it's not part of the subject of today's uh topic here but uh we start getting into things about disclosure with realtors so you know when things are discovered all of a sudden uh, the real estate profession is obligated to disclose things that are significant but like i said we, we can talk about that another time uh peter Online resources for people when they want to do some research or study about property assessment. So uh, the first place to go to would be to the BC Assessment Authority's own website uh, would be the first place to go to. Also, take a look at the MLS listings as well. Now, those are current, and bear in mind that your assessed value is as of July 1. So uh, all you're going to see is what is the market, how has it moved uh, over that period of that six months. That's about the only thing that you're going to get out of the MLS listing. And so those would be my two primary go-to websites that I, that I would look at. Okay. So... Actually, you're talking about uh, Realtor.ca, which is the consumer um, real estate site. That's correct. And as a reminder to, uh, to listeners here, that is only uh, active listings. So if people want to get uh, sales history, you know, what's happened on the street, the neighborhood, uh, or history on the property itself, they could always uh, contact the realtor. Contact me. Uh, we do have access to the entire database. The, so as listeners know, actually, the MLS, the actual MLS system contains a lot more information that is accessible on Realtor.ca. We actually share this data with the appraisal um, uh, appraisal institute. institute thank you and that's how you derive uh, values from right so yes. uh, again that's information that that your realtor or, or even myself can can help you out with uh, as well too so we're here right now uh, talking property values with uh, Denise Webster from Dominion Lending Mortgage Services um, Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group and also Peter Morris from Greenstead Consulting um, Denise Getting back to appraisals and values, um, you touched really lightly on the market today and how uh, people are going ahead and buying properties over list price without a condition to financing. How does that bank get the appraisal? Well, and they I, often don't get the opportunity in a in a heated moment, right? Uh, I've actually I've been lucky enough not to run into that that because I have been very forthcoming with the realtor on the uh, listing and buyer's side to say it is an unconditional offer but the seller must understand that they're going to gain access again just for an appraised value now if I had any concerns about that property itself uh, and again we didn't want to go too far into that but those are those red flags on those disclosures so if I am very aware that there is possibly asbestos uh, knob and tube wiring um, cracks in the foundation something like that yeah. I could not advise my client to go in unconditional because at the end of the day, that appraisal report may come out and, and disclose those um, red flags, as I would put them. So, and I would have a very in-depth conversation with the listing agent um, or the buyer's agent and to find out as much as I possibly could on that property. Uh, the year itself will give me a lot of clues. Uh, so it, it's very, very... Um, 
yeah. a thoughtful process to tell a buyer to go in unconditional. Actually, this and this is related to our talk about, topic about evaluation is uh, the age of properties because obviously a brand new house is very different from a 1930s vintage property. In, in, in the 1930s, for instance, just picking a number out of the, the air, you're dealing with things like... Uh, Knob and tube wiring, knob and tube, yeah. uh, asbestos products in the house. You're dealing with uh, underground oil storage tanks, and that's just that's just going to become from the insurer's point of view. So, can you actually get home insurance on a property like that? Because the home insurance may not look at, may not want to insure that home if there's knob and tube or if there's asbestos, and you cannot close your mortgage without that fire insurance on your home. Yeah. So, actually, quick question: Have you in in this busy year? Because we do a lot of business together, but have you have you had sales that were not able to complete or were in trouble because of the hot market where they had to go unconditional? Thank goodness I can say no. I've been lucky enough to not ever put myself in that position or my buyers. Nice. Um, but it, it happens. It absolutely does. And it can be just a scramble at the 11th hour of really trying to, A, find that home home insurer um, that will look at that house because the client has not done their diligence and, and insured their home and they're showing up at their lawyer's appointment and not having that fire insurance certificate. Um, Uh, On a flip side, I'll go back to those values. That was a big one when uh, we saw those over asking prices coming in through the roof very, very quickly. We didn't actually have appraised values that had caught up with the market yet. So my, I did run So they would not have appraised out? No. So I I did have the instance where I had a client offer uh, over asking and uh, the market appraisal came back lower than what they had offered and the lender would only... uh, put that mortgage on up to that market value. So, so then the buyer had to come up come with, up the rest with of that money. additional 30000 that the purchase price versus the market appraisal fell short. Uh, so the instances like that do happen. Yeah. So And it really was just based on how fast that market was moving last year. Got it. Uh, Amanda, question about uh, appraisals. There is, a, there is typically, or from, from our standpoint, from the real estate profession, there is typically a difference between an appraisal for purchase and an appraisal for refinance or evaluation. Uh, I could be wrong, but could you could you explain, uh, is there a difference or a difference of, of how you, a difference in your process? Not actually, okay. no. Um, if you're doing it for financing, you're determining what the value is at this given point in time, the day that you're going out to do that appraisal. Um, whether it's for someone to purchase or someone to to sell or someone to refinance, it's going to be that same value. When you're doing the appraisal process, you're ending up with comparable sales and you end up with a range of value often. Say it's it's, it's, it's impossible to say it's 613421 All three comparable sales are not yeah. going to end up after an adjustment process at the same price. So you yeah. have a range of value and the lender is wanting a single value. But if you're doing it for private for purposes, for instance, if um, you wanted to get a sense of market value for listing purposes yeah. because it's a difficult property, the seller has an idea of the value here and you have a more realistic idea of the value, we come in and do an appraisal. We can give you a range of value. We can say it could be listed at this, but it's quite possible and probable that it might sell at this in a normal market. Got it. We've also said that in an unnormal market, abnormal market like last year, that we don't know where the price might end up if there's a bidding war. And that story still holds true right now. Um, Peter, um, what 
what do you see as the the biggest hurdle that people have when it comes to um, uh, appealing their property assessment? An understanding of the process. Okay. Uh, people just do not understand how properties are appraised and assessed. And uh, once you understand that process, everything else starts to fall into place. You get to understand what it is that you need to do in order to put together the best possible case for your appeal. And I, I have the feeling that people can find that by reading your book, which is known as How to Successfully Appeal Your Residential Property Assessment. Uh, Peter Morris from Greenstead Consulting. Peter, how do people reach you again? They can reach me at uh, pdmorris, M-O-R-R-I-S, at mail.com or through Attainment Press at info at attainmentpress.com. Attainmentpress.com. Uh, Denise Webster from uh, Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, our uh, trusty mortgage uh, consultant here. How do people reach you? Uh, either my cell phone or email. So direct on my cell phone is 250-889-4743 or denise at denisewebster.com. And finally, Amanda Mills from Mills Appraisal Group. At 250-727-0222 or my direct email, amandamills at shaw.ca. That's great. We've had a, an amazing panel. Thank you guys for coming in today to the studio. Uh, Denise, uh, Amanda, and Peter, I'm Tony Joe. We're talking all things real estate. If you have any questions or burning thoughts about real estate, please contact the station at cfax1070.com, and we'll address your concern uh, on our next show. Thanks for listening, and you'll catch us next time. The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.